Welcome to an episode of Bands and Botanicals, a unique podcast where a trainer and trainee talk about herbal medicine and fitness. We're your hosts. My name is Danielle Kreese, and I'm a certified personal trainer and owner of DC Fit. And we also have Paula Kirsch, who's an artisanal herbalist and owner of Botanically Curious. So let's go ahead and start the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. Hey, everybody. We are uh, Danielle and Paula, in case you weren't already aware. Um, And we are having a special guest today. Her name is Bethany. She has this amazing platform, her own podcast, an Instagram page, Strength at Any Size. And we're going to kind of talk about this movement that's happening these days of shifting the, the verbiage, the way that we talk to ourselves, about ourselves, and the way we kind of approach our health. So before we get started, before we delve in with her, Paula is going to pull one of our Oracle cards and we're going to see how it relates to today's conversation. Yeah, so today we have the plantain and not to be confused with the banana uh, typed fruit plantain. Uh, it happens to me every time, every time you say plantain, immediately <laughs> that's where my mind goes and then I get all hungry. <laughs> but this is an herb that's a really beneficial one and it's actually one that we've covered on the podcast before in depth, but we've pulled it today. Uh, with the oracle property of nourish so the plantain is actually the most abundant and widely distributed medicinal plant in the world uh so you know it's very available we talked about it last time where it can really just grow in your front yard it's got fantastic antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties for skin and other associated things with pain We've got vitamin A, C, K, you know, all those different vitamins in there. You can actually eat the leaves of the plantain raw in like a salad. Oh, sweet. Which is nice. But the Oracle property of Nourish for this one is really nice because it's inspired by the gift of nourishment that this plant offers due to its sheer availability, like I mentioned. So often in life, the things that we need are right in front of us if we are willing to see and accept them, which is Mm. really neat. So in turn, it is our, it is in our power to offer support, time, resource to those around us, even when we feel uncertain or insecure. So this is really interesting. God, preach to me, plants. Preach right? to me. So stop to consider what you have to offer the world and, ha- and how you can nourish others. So pretty neat. Well, I think that's beautiful. And yeah. as usual, the plant completely corresponds totally on coincidence with what we are talking about today and this isn't even some arbitrary pool of let me see if I could make this meaning relate to something that we're talking about so that we have consistency but it actually does I mean we're going to talk about Bethany's journey you know I'm sure we'll talk about our own as well and kind of how important it is to nourish every part of you especially on a health journey and how that I think that um, idea has kind of really transformed lately and has shifted from, you know, the deprivation and kind of like the self-hate associated with like maybe weight loss or with a fitness journey or health journey or whatever it is and into something where you are supporting yourself. And the whole point is to support yourself for a happier, longer, more fulfilled life. Yeah. And with that, we are going to introduce Bethany. So uh, Bethany is the COO of Evolve and Endure. And she's part of Evolve Nation as an ambassador. And she also has a podcast called Strength Has No Size, which I really, you know, 
it just caught me when I saw it online. I had to reach out to her. I had to talk to her. It was so inspirational. So welcome, Bethany. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. And this card fits with you, too, because it sounds like everything that you are doing right now is in service to kind of nourish and support other people as well on their journey and kind of all bringing a community together. Yeah, it does. (laughs) For our listeners, can you tell us what the Evolve and Endure platform is that you have or that you've uh, helped establish? Yeah, so Evolve and Endure is a jewelry company um, specifically meant for, well, made for um, people who work out. It's sweat resistant, shower proof, hypoallergenic. Um, And then just the creator of Evolve and Endure, she puts a lot of like meaning behind her jewelry so like the one I actually have on right now says day by day endlessly evolving and to me that means a lot it's just that little reminder like when I'm starting to feel like I want to give up I just look down and I see it and I'm like you know what just take it day by day like it's okay everything is going to be fine wow yeah Yeah, that sounds beautiful Mm -hmm. especially because I don't know my my jewelry it's all banged up in the gym. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for something that's made for that, I mean, I think that's important, you know, to like bring aspects of yourself into the gym that make you feel good. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I love that it doesn't like give me any, like make my skin green or anything like that too. So <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that was the other thing that happens with my jewelry, but I didn't want for some reason. I was like, you're going to seem cheap, girl. <laughs> But yeah, for sure. 100%. That's really, really cool. Um, Yeah. So, you know, looking over your platform and uh, especially strength has no size. uh, What was the real interest that sparked when creating that space for people? You know, why was it so important for you to just um, get on the platform and kind of share that message? So I've actually been on a fitness journey for like a little over three years now I started at 250 pounds and then I lost a lot of weight within less less than six months just to kind of create other unhealthy habits in that time frame and then to regain about half of it back and um so I did notice though like one thing is like yes I gained some of that back but I was still putting in the work like doing the best that I could and was still doing some of these movements that some people who just I guess aren't at my fitness level whether they're smaller about the same size as me or bigger couldn't do and like I was getting a lot of shame for that from some people because they're like she can't do these movements like she's too big (laughs) and so I was just like I'm one of those people I'm very stubborn like if you tell me I can't do something or that it's impossible I'm gonna do it until I get it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're wrong um and I really just wanted to create a community of for people of any size to feel comfortable with sharing like their own journey and stuff because I truly believe like it doesn't matter what I look like on the outside uh it doesn't define like how healthy I am or am not (laughs) and stuff so there's just so many different things that I can do and like even though I am a little bit bigger now again I am a type 2 diabetic but all of my stuff is controlled I don't take any medications for it so just because I look a certain way doesn't mean that I'm not strong or healthy Mm. yeah amazing well 
pisses me off that you had these reasons to start the platform, but I'm glad it motivated <laughs> you to start the platform. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, situation because being a part of and wanting to be a part of this health fitness journey for yourself and nourishing your body and all those different things. And then seeing these people who are kind of leading the way some of the time who have already been in the fitness industry or, you know, whatever it might be that are trying to pull others down when it's so Mm -hmm. the opposite of Mm -hmm. what everybody's trying to accomplish. You know, Danielle and I were totally different body types in a variety of different ways, but we can have really frank conversations and discussions about how everything that's happening, um, whether it's, you know, through Instagram or just fitness, wellness, really affects, you know, women and kids when these messages are being consistently downloaded, you know, it's really hard to push past all that and to persevere. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's already so much intimidation, I think, for everyone for many different reasons, walking into a gym or even starting these journeys. I mean, you sometimes have the support of friends and family, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have that that very, very real gym intimidation of either not really being familiar with things or you, you expect or thinking that you have to be a certain way already before you even start. Mm-hmm. Um, like being a trainer and working at gym sometimes, so often you hear people say, oh, I'll join when I'm, when I'm a little bit more fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's because they have this idea that they already have to be at a certain place. And I think that comes with the expectations that I, social media has played into, I think. Right. And and just society in general. And uh, we were curious, Bethany, uh, because like Paula just mentioned, we have a lot of um, conversations around this. Um, and despite our different body types, we may have gone through similar experiences. Um, have you found or been experienced? Sorry, not experienced. Have you been exposed to like diet culture growing up? And how did that affect you? Because we always talk about how what we grew up with of all of those restrictive diets really affected the way we looked at nutrition. Oh yeah. And ourselves. So when I was like, I don't know, between the age of 10 and 12, I was already a pre-diabetic borderline. So uh, at that time I was seeing the doctor and nutritionist. And even then they were like, okay, you need to be at like 1200 calories, no more, more than this amount of carbs, this amount of protein. And it just, and I tried to do it, but it just seemed so restrictive for me. And at that time, I'm still really young. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> and that's hard for adults to do. Yeah. Alone so, and I just, I, I felt so hungry all the time. And so, I, of course, I didn't stick with it. And um, as I got older, I was just always, I had it so wired in my brain that, like, in order to be healthy and to look a certain way, you have to restrict yourself. You can't have this. You can't have that. And then if you have it, then you need to, like, shame yourself for it and feel guilty. And mm-hmm. it's even now, like, even though I know that that is not true anymore, I still have my moments where I'm just like, what did I just do? Like, why did I eat this? And I have to talk to my yeah. nutritionist and, like, we just, she just kind of, like, brings me back down to, like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really the hardest part. Um, and that's something, you know, Danielle and I talk about all the time as well with nutrition and this shame spiral that everybody gets into, whether it's missing a workout, you know, or something that I was doing recently, which is going through a cut Mm -hmm. and eating more restrictively with calories and all those things. And my workouts were really, really affected. And so it was hard for me 
to not uh, feel discouraged when I knew I could do better. But because I was also working with a cut, you know, yeah. you're, you're just trying to push past a lot of that. So going through this journey and, you know, running into the people you have, the supports, do you have anyone or anything that you would say helped with the success? And then at that same kind of thing, is there any one thing or maybe people that maybe made it a little more difficult? And how did you kind of get through some of those things? Um, so, I mean, my family and my friends have always been very supportive, which has definitely been helpful. <laughs> um, and I've, I've gone through quite a few trainers and over the years and not that there was anything wrong with any of them it just for one reason or the other we you know we just discontinued but I took something from each of them that I learned and started incorporating that into my daily life activities so I definitely think that that has helped because they all had a different like teaching mechanism um but the girl I'm with now her name is Emily and uh she's for my nutrition and I, I absolutely love her. She's just, she's really helped me to realize that food is food. There is no bad food. There's better foods. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just food. And like, it's taken me so long to get that through my head <laughs> and stuff and kind of undo all those negative habits that I had created for myself. And then Evolve Nation, he was Ali. <laughs> she, uh, I am a part of that, so I get most of my workouts from her. And that community has been such a blessing. That's that's so amazing and and so important to have that support. I think um, for the nutrition and for everything else, because exactly what you just said. I'm actually um, currently involved in a a course for my nutrition coaching. And that's one of the first things they said is this verbiage that we associate with foods. This is bad food. This is good food. And then that, that, you know, that verbiage enters our body and it enters our mind. And it's like, if you eat that food, it turns from that food's bad to I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, you know, exactly what you just said, you know, maybe there are foods that are better for you or better for your body composition or whatever the case is, but there's nothing... You know, to have that bad word is so, um, I think, damaging, mm-hmm. damaging, because like I said, you, you eat that bad food and you are a bad person for eating that bad food. Mm. Yeah. And then it becomes that, that shame spike, spike, that shame spiral, just like you were talking about. And it's, it's very real and affects people of all ages. So Bethany, do you, um, did you you said you grew up maybe around like 12, you kind of started on this kind of like more restrictive diet. Um, How is that affecting, especially at that young of an age, how is that affecting your mental health? If you don't mind me asking, just because so often they are, they blend together. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think it's taken me a long time to, I maybe not realize it, but to admit that it has taken a toll on my mental health. Um, because I think I always kind of knew it, but I didn't want to like really admit that it did. So I I definitely do battle with anxiety and depression. Um, and this, that didn't help because I was, was like thinking that I'm the bigger person in the room growing up. And I like felt like everybody was going to watch like every little bit that I did, like what I'm eating, what I'm drinking. And so I would get extremely insecure (laughs) and then, 
I would try my best to stick to whatever the plan was at that time. But again, because it felt so restrictive, it caused me to binge later. And then mm-hmm. once I would binge, I'd, of course, feel super guilty. And not always, but sometimes I would force myself to throw it back up, which is not right. healthy either. <laughs> but that that's the habits that I created when I was trying to follow that restrictive diet. Mm. And mentally, so that was just, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I do this? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so damaging. And for those out there listening that have kids in their lives, that might have kids themselves, you know, that are know that there's some kid watching them while they talk to themselves, while they eat, you know, all of those things are such a big proponent of how their health, you know, that ice cream they're going to eat or, you know, maybe it's Taco Bell or something else, whatever, is not going to be as detrimental as it will be to sit there and ridicule them or make them feel bad because Mm -hmm. the emotional impact that that's going to have for the rest of their lives is going to be so much more detrimental than the calories that they're consuming now. And so shifting that mindset into actual nutrition, you know, the word diet, we just need to throw that out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to be better at talking positively about ourselves, about others, you know, not being so critical with kids. It's so hard just to grow up get through high school, middle school, you know, whatever it is, especially as girls with how often they're criticized for basically anything they do and building that self-confidence in them to then have healthier, happier lives moving forward. Because we were just talking about this right before the show, people tamp down all of these good things about themselves when they're in middle school, high school, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. then they spend hundreds and thousands of dollars and hours to go to retreats, to get nutritionists, to do go all to these therapy. things, right? Go to therapy, whatever it is, as they become adults, just to get back to that base level of loving themselves and, you know, the life that they have and not, you know, doing that. So it's, it's just something I want to make sure, you know, people are really considering when they're around kids to, um, you know, just be more positive about what you're doing and what they're doing. It's that's hard. It's it's hard. Like I, I could, I don't have kids. I don't really have many children in my life, but I do see how it would affect children extremely. And and then I also feel for the parent who's struggling with their own self love. Like mm-hmm. they may not even be trying to impose that, or even realizing that their kid is absorbing that, and they're struggling themselves. And it's this just it's this whole. Paul and I were talking about this whole, the whole pressure of society. Bethany, I don't know if you heard this um, little quote that makes our blood boil when you were younger, but did you ever hear that quote, like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? I feel like I probably have. I mean, it just, I wanted to bring it to attention because what your platform is saying, and I think what so many people are trying to get across these days is that you know we have the alternative to that now strong mm-hmm. over skinny mm-hmm. right. right it's like you nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like how much does that piss you off because <laughs> you don't like that at all <laughs> no I mean and when I was younger like that became my mantra to starve myself I was just like well it's validated because I'll be skinny and that's what's validated mm-hmm. and that's what I'm supposed to look like Paula and I I'm sorry we, we we talked beforehand and that's why we're bringing all of this now, but 
we talk about like all of the pressures of, of the way you look. And, and, and I do want to acknowledge that men and boys are definitely afflicted by this. I've met men who have had eating disorders and body dysmorphia, and it absolutely affects them as well. But thinking about women, I don't know, Bethany, have you seen the show Bridgerton? I <laughs> oh have not. Well, apparently it's all the rage, but other than the reasons, it's all the rage. <laughs> There were scenes in there where they were showing, you know, the women getting tied up uh, in corsets and one of them fainted. And then they showed the bruising of another woman because she was trying to make herself as small as possible. And we talked about how in the 90s you had like the heroin chic. Like if you're super duper, duper, duper skinny and like emaciated, Mm -hmm. then you're model worthy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just so wild. And I just want to thank you for having your platform on Instagram because that is now our current corset and our current um, heroin chic. It's just, you know, you have so many people you could compare yourself to. On Instagram, yeah. And so many comments. Right. I love the more body positivity. You know, it takes a lot of strength and courage to consistently put things out there. And I think people are starting to learn now they can't be trolls on the internet to just say negative things just to say negative things, which makes it a lot easier for people uh, to put things out on the platform and showing different body types and sizes and methods. And, you know, it, when we talk about strength has no size, you know, with that kind of mindset, do a lot of your health goals factor more on like non-numerical are you looking mm. more, like you said, you have a nutritionist. Are you looking more at, you know, your training style as building muscle mass? How are you working with some of those things? Um, yep. So that is my goal right now. I don't, I don't have a goal weight. I know that's a very common question I get. Um, I am more focused on putting on muscle mass and then just losing body fat. So whatever that looks like to like whenever I, I guess, get to a place where I feel like I'm I'm happy with, I'm not exactly sure what the number on the scale will be but that is what I'm doing at the moment I'm just trying to put on as much muscle mass as possible I think I think that's great we're so caught up in the number and I know that that could be an important thing but when we look at the number on a scale it doesn't tell us exactly what you're looking for right now Bethany it doesn't tell us how much of that is muscle Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell us if we're like just bloated that day for whatever, as women, you know, our hormones circulate. Sometimes we retain, sometimes we feel like we're like, whatever. But, um, you know, so Bethany, when you, when you're focusing on other things, like, do you see and feel yourself, you know, maybe your endurance is a little bit better or you're just like, holy crap, I just got that move. And I never <laughs> thought I would be able to get that down. Like, do you really like try to notice and, and hold on to those important and special moments? Oh my gosh. I love this question. <laughs> yes this is like the one thing I try to preach on my page is like so I call them the non-scale victories um Mm -hmm. I was like you know they're everywhere whether it's what your clothes are fitting better or maybe you can I can last like 30 seconds longer than I could last week on a certain movement or like I can do that extra rep or that extra set and stuff like all of those things are what I I tried my hardest to pay attention to especially when I'm not feeling motivated um because I'm like okay this like what I'm doing it's working or like if I I get all excited if I see just a little bit of my definition coming in 
and mm-hmm. stuff. My other people may not be able to see it, but I can see it. So I get super excited about it. And I'm like, okay, this is working. Like the goal I have set for myself, like if we're going, it's just taking a little bit longer, but that's okay. Oh, but you're doing it, you know, you're doing it the right way. And like, yeah. and that's how you're, that's how it's going to be a, a lifelong thing instead of the diet culture that we were uh, talking about earlier, where it's like deprive, deprive, deprive. Mm-hmm. And that is literally impossible. They're just setting you, you up mm-hmm. for defeat. So then you have to go back and do it again. Yep. Right. <laughs> and it's bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> it really angers me. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of were just talking about how you notice those non-skill victories and how you really champion those on your page. So I wanted to know kind of like, what tools have you developed and maybe you've gotten help through your nutritionist or, or even the support that your family and friends are just your experience, but what tools have you developed to learn how to kind of like, at least try to stay in this positive kind of forward momentum mindset where it's not so much the number, but how you feel like, obviously every day we're not always going to be our most motivated Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't have to feel like that's a standard we have to hold but how do you kind of help keep yourself you know on the on the up and up like keep yourself kind of feeling like you want to do this so I am somebody who even before I ever started this I've always loved to take like photos I used to do uh, freelance photography on the side uh, as a hobby and so I I love to basically document uh, take videos of myself or like pictures um, and I really lean on that when I'm not feeling like I'm in the best headspace whether I'm just not motivated or I'm just whatever is going on and I will look back at that and I'm like okay then it kind of just reminds me of like my goal I was like you have goals you, I mean, you know you can't reach them if you quit <laughs> oh my god yeah you're absolutely right I guess like that's the only time you really do take any steps back as if you just completely give up. Mm-hmm. And that's just the thing of too, I've learned it's taken a long time to really like also undo some other negative habits that I would tell myself uh, or thoughts, but like just, so I've, I've always been consistent with my journey as far as like either the workouts or I was eating well since I started in 2017, but because of some injuries and other just life stuff that came up I wasn't always doing them both at the same time so I was always mm-hmm. still doing something though so to me I'm like you still you haven't quit I was like you might not be doing everything you possibly can at the moment but you're doing what you can and that still counts for something absolutely yeah I love that it's it's exactly what we need to tell ourselves and then what you mentioned about going back to another skill set like photography or something like that if we can start shifting that paradigm from your self-worth is based on what you look like to your self-worth is based on the type of person you are. If you're a kind, considerate person, you know, the skills that you've developed, the perseverance you have with continuing with those and sticking with something that's so much more valuable over Mm -hmm. the length of our lifetime than what we look like. Mm -hmm. And it all, it all like blends in together. I mean, the for me and and it's taken me a long time too because I have had different eating disorders and this has been an issue for literally as long as I could possibly even go back into my history of my life I know that I was not able to be my best self for other people Um, and that also plays into it it's this vicious cycle of all these little things that keep you in that headspace of 
oh my God, I'm such an asshole. Therefore, I'm going to punish myself and I'm an asshole. And if I hurt someone else because I'm sad that I'm an asshole. Mm -hmm. And it just goes back to like you feeding that negative voice so that it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think that, you know, and I hope that people are noticing now how they feel mentally through their movements. Right. Like what Paula was just saying, I think if you feel happy, if you're developing skills, if you feel healthy, you are going to be more considerate Mm -hmm. and you may have more empathy too for someone else who's going through the same journey. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'm 250 pounds and we've talked on the show before about how I lost almost over a hundred pounds, gained it all back again through whatever. It doesn't matter why or how, but you know, I go to workouts with you and I fucking get my ass kicked. I go home and I'm like flexing, telling him, feel my muscles, feel them, feel those muscles. And he's just like, yeah, I see, you know, squeezing my little uh, yeah. She's never told me that. That is great. I love that. <laughs> but it's just like, it doesn't matter. You know, there's people in your life that love you no matter what. You're a good person. You know, telling yourself those positive things, being excited for those is absolutely way more important than a lot of the detrimental things that, you know, we hold on to throughout, you know, from our childhoods and on. Yeah. Totally. And Bethany, uh, just following up with what you were saying of like kind of knowing it's the journey and, and knowing that you've come this far and that, you know, you're not starting back at nothing. There was this quote that I found online from a Monica Renegal. She's a, a doctor and a certified nutritionist. And she says that, you know, if you could learn to create small habits to be healthy where you are right now, then it just it, bri- it creates a bridge and stepping stones for you to just continue that health so that let's say, you know, let's say you have an injury because you mentioned, Bethany, that you've had some injuries that maybe have brought you back a little mm-hmm. bit. But you've also said that you didn't completely go back. Mm-hmm. You had set yourself up enough in that first round of your journey so that when you did get injured or you did take a, a couple steps back, you weren't back at zero. You were starting at 50. Mm-hmm instead of at zero. And I think that's so um, important to acknowledge because, and I don't know if you feel this, Bethany um, and Paula, but so many people I meet, like if they miss one workout or if they, let's say they have to miss a couple of days in their week, they are like distraught as if they think they are starting back at the same person they were the first time they ever stepped into a gym. So I don't know if that dialogue plays into any into your head sometimes but it's a fear for people and just to know that like you're never starting back at zero yeah I can relate to that because I when I first started I didn't have a trainer or coach or anything for like the first six or seven months I did everything on my own um workouts and I put myself in a deficit and stuff so I was still learning and um whenever I would miss even just one day I I would feel distraught I was like oh my gosh like I'm gonna lose every thing I just did like worked for and all this stuff because I had nobody there to guide me to help correct that mindset you know but now I know like okay if I miss a few days or whatever it like it's gonna be fine you muscle memory is a thing and you know just do what I can like control what I can control and for me most of the time that is my nutrition I mean what do they say you make abs in the kitchen (laughs) or you don't something like that 
I think it's basically just saying that your nutrition is really important (laughs) (laughs) and that you can't crunch your way to a six pack. And, and, and Paul and I, we always like kind of share little recipes or if I like make something, we'll put it on for our, our, on our platform or whatever. But it is also learning that like, you know, we were told about those diets and it's like, you can have a salad with maybe zero dressing (laughs) and a boiled chicken breast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how, how is anyone, this is a life. And we had a, we had another coach on here one time. His name was Mike Milner and we've listened to some of his podcasts and he's like, food sustains you, food fuels you, food should be something that you take into consideration and stay mindful of. He's like, but food should still be something enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of making just a salad or feeling like you have to deprive yourself of something, like how do you make something really freaking delicious and nutritious? Right. So that you can last and so that you, you can kind of shift that idea from deprivation to fueling and supporting the body instead of like just taking away mm-hmm. yeah on that realm of uh you know fueling the body are there any kinds of uh like recovery recovery remedies or like natural remedies or herbs or things that you use um during your journey um i don't know if it would be considered natural but about turmeric i think is what it's called I do yeah. uh, like to use that because I was told that it helps with like, and from what I've researched too, it helps with inflammation because again, mm-hmm. I've had quite a few injuries. So I am always looking for something more natural uh, that I can do to help with that. Turmeric is one of the, the main things they say turmeric and zinc right now for helping to fight off the COVID virus. Oh, I didn't really, know that. Uh, really cool. Yeah. And then, Turmeric's actually really great for um, your neurological health over time. So you'll be doing yourself a favor if you take some uh, turmeric and ginkgo over time as well. So yeah, turmeric's a fantastic one. I love it. Bethany, you made a right choice. Oh. That's the one that you're choosing. <laughs> you chose the right herb. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw on your Instagram, are you doing like a self-love challenge? Yeah. <laughs> um, I am... Uh, part of the I don't know if you've heard of bamboo CBD they are the ones hosting it and um, mm-hmm. strength has no size is doing the giveaway prize so um, cool. I am doing the the challenge with them um, and so far I love it because I, I, I do think that self-love is such an important thing mm-hmm. so what exactly does it entail like do you have to kind of do you have to keep a gratitude journal? Do you have to make sure you reflect on certain things for yourself? Is it like a meditation? Like what, whether it's within this challenge or outside of this challenge, how have you developed self-love for yourself and what does it look like for you? How do you kind of take care of yourself in that way? So one of my good friends, I actually met her on Instagram. She is a, a confidence coach and um I always have admired that from her like she's always been very confident no matter what size she is at and um I kind of sought her out for help because I was like I don't know where to start or where to begin and at that time I would you would never catch me in shorts tank top muscle shirts or crop top (laughs) I was like sweatpants no colored leggings and baggy mm. hoodie, like the baggiest clothes ever. And now, yeah. like, I will wear all that stuff. <laughs> um, 
and most of the time yeah. I don't think twice about it I'm just like whatever like I think I look good so that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> but uh she really helped me with like you know doing like meditations and journaling uh affirmations I really like those um and then just kind of breaking out of that comfort zone too, like try something new, like, even though it's scary. Like once, like so, like for me, it was like wearing the crop top to the gym. Like I was terrified, but once I got there, I was fine and I didn't care anymore. And now I wear them like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to know, coming from the trainer and me, I wanted to know if you have found kind of your favorite form of movement and kind of what makes you feel the most strong and the most powerful. And like, you're like, I'm a freaking badass <laughs> doing this. Like what is your favorite thing to do? Oh man. Well, as of right now, cause that's kind of switched a few times. Um, I've always, my heart's always going to be with the weights, <laughs> but I really started falling in love with like the hit workout speed and agility just and I think it's because of the fact that like being bigger like I, it's something I always thought I was never going to be able to do like I had to be a certain weight or a certain size to be able to keep up and um, so I mean I'm not necessarily saying that I don't want like I still have goals for myself of course but <laughs> the fact that I can do some of that and at my weight I'm just like you're throwing around your own body weight. Like, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, that's badass. And agility is, speed and agility, it's not easy. I've thrown some agility ladder <laughs> exercises at Paula. Um, and my God, even for me, sometimes I look at people on Instagram and I'm like looking at their feet. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've ever looked at people's feet when they're doing agility. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Holy crap. How you move yes. <laughs> And my favorite's the speed hurdles. Uh, I've fallen down quite a few times. <laughs> but I, you know, I just get back up and I keep going until I get it. Sweet. Well, thanks for saying that you've fallen down because I think I fall down in the gym many times. And I feel like that's another huge thing for people is that they do misstep or if something happens. But like you just said, it happens to everyone at one point or another. I don't care how prolific you are in the gym. And mm -hmm. you know what? You're going to like, when you stick that, you're just like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. yeah. So with COVID right now in the United States and trying to connect and stay on this healthy journey, it seems like every state is almost its own country. Like here in Oregon, mm -hmm. we don't have gyms open. There's a lot more social distancing. But where you're at, it sounds like the gyms are open. People are moving around a little bit more. Has that kind of helped when you were creating the strength has no size platform or was it still a lot of social distancing mm, it's still been a lot of social distancing i think what's really helped create this platform for strength has no size is um the community online already on instagram um because like i said that's something i would always say in my captions or like my hashtags before i actually created the actual instagram like I was an advocate for like strength has no size. And I was like, and I will prove mm -hmm. it to you. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, I just, I had gotten a flood of messages, like such positivity, which was like, it was overwhelming, but in the best way possible. And, you know, them just saying like, they can relate, you know, they, 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 whether no matter what size they were at, they were just like, thank you for sharing that because, you know, again, going back to like society standards and diet culture and all that stuff, it can re really make somebody feel like a piece of crap. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's just like, what is wrong with people sometimes? It's like, we're all trying to do the best we can Mm -hmm. to have that piece of yourself to want to tear somebody else down. I just don't even understand it. Yeah. But luckily you've gotten so much positive feedback. It it sounds like, and I was wondering, like, do you, do you feel like this platform is not just helping you stay accountable, but helping you stay kind of you know, above that negativity for yourself, do you think that it's benefiting you as much as it's benefiting other people to have built this community in which people can share their experiences? A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> um, because again, I'm human. I definitely still have my days <laughs> where I might get a little, you know, kind of in a negative headspace or whatever is going on. And so it's for me, all I have to do is like hop up online and, look at that page and just see everybody crushing it and just the positivity that I get from that like it it just kind of gets me out of that funk so that I can get to a good headspace again and keep going nice yeah I think that's why we do it too just being able to connect with other people and uh, reaffirming some of the things and you know, knowing that being able to connect herbs and fitness like an herbalist and a, and a trainer together is so polar opposite for a lot of people but to know there's so many similarities out there um and then you mentioned one of the offerings you're doing this month for um what we call self-love month for february but are there any other projects that you're working on or offerings or things and how can people uh find you online if they want to reach out and connect um so we are working on more uh shirts because i do i love the ones that we just did but we're gonna kind of change it up a little bit but i really want to do like a, a either a journal or a planner so that people can like write down their thoughts self, like, practice <laughs> self-love and stuff so that is in the works right now as well and then we're also working on a cookbook not necessarily geared towards weight loss but just healthier foods with like higher protein base because i know that a lot of people struggle to get their protein in um and like they'll have some swap out ideas and then a challenge that I plan to launch at the end of April. A few things in the making. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so exciting. And I'm glad Paula asked where people could find you because I did try to find you and actually I found you, but I I had trouble finding you for some reason at the same time. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was just putting, maybe I was like one off or something in, in my letter, like, lettering. But what is your Instagram so that we can um, make sure people can check out your amazing platform? Um, so my personal one is at Evolving Bethany. And then oh. the one that I am going to be doing everything with, like as far as our new plans and stuff coming up, is at Strength Has No Size. Awesome. Gotcha. I have absolutely no idea where I got the, <laughs> maybe it was one of like the um, people you had on for an episode or something and you had tagged their handle and maybe I accidentally found theirs. And <laughs> that must have been what it is because I used neither of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know where I went or what I was looking at. Well, and you have um, a few other ladies that you do the podcast with as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, so their handles are all on the oh, strength nice. size too. Yeah, that that must yeah that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> Bethany, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. 
it's been such a pleasure and your message is so important. Yeah, it's super inspiring to us. We love to have you on and, you know, just keep putting that message out there for people. I think it's so beneficial and thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. All right. And with that, peace and love to all of you and we will see you for our next episode.